0: The end zone has a man open. Touchdown, Justin Blackman. Welcome into a Friday edition of Locked on Pokes. I'm your host, Colby Powell. Big show for you today. It got real last night in the NFL. We'll talk about that. Preview Oklahoma State and Kansas. Coming up tomorrow at Boone Pickens Stadium, Oklahoma State, and Yale on Sunday at Gallagher-Iba Arena. And tonight at Neil Patterson Stadium, the Oklahoma State Cowgirls get their uh, title chase underway at Neil Patterson Stadium at 7 o'clock. This is Locked on Pokes. I am Colby Powell. You can find me on Twitter at Colby J. Powell and at Locked on Pokes. Very easy to find me. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one local sports daily podcast network in the country, covering everything from MLB, NHL, NBA, NFL, college, uh, college athletics, football, basketball, baseball, golf, wrestling, whatever it may be. Uh, I've got a, a stat about Oklahoma State's recruiting class for wrestling that I'm going to give to you later as well. So we've got a jam packed show today. Uh, go ahead and take a minute and subscribe and rate this. Podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. Glad everyone is with me on this Friday. Let's dive in to what took place last night. In Cleveland. And like everyone else is doing, we might as well start at the end. I know that this is not an NFL podcast, but Mason Rudolph is Oklahoma State's own Mason Rudolph. So uh, last night at the end of that game, it it took a very bad turn. A very bad turn for Mason Rudolph, for Miles Garrett, Marquise Pouncey, the NFL. Uh, it, It was a bad deal there with eight seconds left in the game. I mean, they were almost home. Almost home. And then that happens. So, uh, you, you know, seeing a lot of people on Twitter last night and this morning, just just being really, really stupid, really stupid. Um, th- think before you hit send on a tweet. Th- think to yourself, ask yourself: w- When I send this tweet, is everyone else going to think that I'm an idiot? And if the answer is yes, maybe you shouldn't send it. Because I saw a lot of that today on uh, on the timeline already, and, and it's not even ten o'clock in the morning. So. Anyway, uh, Miles Garrett hit Mason Rudolph as he let go of the ball. Miles Garrett proceeded then to drive Mason Rudolph into the ground. For for some reason, with eight seconds left, Miles Garrett uh, went way too far with the sack. Mason Rudolph then put his hands on Miles Garrett's helmet, started grabbing at his face mask, uh, and then I, I can't remember who it was. A Steeler or a Brown maybe came over and, and kind of st- started to try to break him up as Miles Garrett was pulling Mason Rudolph's helmet off of his head so now miles garrett's holding mason rudolph's helmet mason rudolph goes over there to yell at him presumably for for taking his helmet off at which point mason garrett clocks him upside the head with his own helmet uh miles garrett will get a a pretty long suspension i would imagine for this I, i can't imagine him playing the rest of this season they're four and six I mean, the rest of the season would be a six-game suspension. Uh, Maybe you're one of those people who think they're going to sneak into the playoffs, and maybe they will. They have an easy schedule the remainder of the season. But uh, maybe you think they'll sneak into the playoffs, and he needs to be suspended for that as well. I don't think he should play again this season. I think it should just be a a clean, however long the Browns go this year. That's how long Miles Garrett is out. Uh, and then he can come back and and play at the start of next season for the Cleveland Browns. And here's what I would say to to the people who are blaming Mason Rudolph for starting it by putting their hands on putting his hands on Miles Garrett's face mask. What happened initially before Mason Rudolph's helmet came off? What happened initially between Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett happens all the time in the NFL. Defensive lineman goes too far with his takedown of the quarterback stays on top of him, won't get off, quarterback puts his hands up in his face, they start shoving. That happens all the time in the NFL. And what do we never see? We never see a guy take someone's helmet from him and then use it as a club to knock him upside the head. That never happens, ever. And yet, people are like, well, you shouldn't put put your hands on Miles Garrett. Are you kidding me? Guys in the NFL shove and grab face masks and pull on each... All the time. It happens constantly in the NFL. And yet none of them are ever moronic enough to take the other guy's helmet and use it as a club to hit the other guy in the head. I don't know if y'all know how much helmets weigh. How heavy they are. I mean, a helmet is a weapon. That was a weapon that Miles Garrett was wielding last night. And somebody the size... Of Miles Garrett? Go back and watch the replay in real time and look at how hard he swung that helmet. Mason Rudolph turns around and looks at the refs like, uh, what's happening here? I promise you, he more than felt that helmet come down on the top of his head. And Marquise Pouncey after the game, look, Marquise Pouncey after Miles Garrett swung the helmet, uh, he he went after Miles Garrett. And if you know anything about Marquise Pouncey, he has a reputation as being one hundred percent about that life uh Marquise Pouncey was I mean he he was about it last night he was ready to take on any Cleveland Brown that would come his way and he said after the game he was asked about a potential suspension and all that he was like man they didn't even about that I'm willing to live with the consequences what he did was dangerous imagine if he if he had hit Mason in the temple that's what Marquise Pouncey said imagine if he'd hit Mason in the temple what Mason Rudolph and Miles Garrett were doing initially you know, skirmish on the ground and kind of some shoving, hands on face. That's all. That all happens all the time in the NFL. Guys never take each other's helmets and hit each other in the head with them. So Miles Garrett clearly at blame. I think he should be done for the rest of the season. Marquise Pouncey, sure. Just because he threw punches and threw a kick, let's give him one game. But my, Marquise Pouncey was, I mean, he was the only one to to me who's completely blameless because all he was doing was defending his teammate. Uh, Shout out Marquise Pouncey. Even Deion Sanders this morning tweeted and said Marquise Pouncey is now a hero in that locker room. There aren't too many guys like that who are willing to risk it all uh, for one of their teammates. So good for Marquise Pouncey for doing what he did last night. Uh, I mean, he was the only one that I think we, we would all think was probably in the right coming to the defense of one of his guys. So, Bad look for the NFL. Miles Garrett probably will not play again this season and uh, continues just a a track for the Browns that they've been on. Jermaine White, two weeks ago, they have to release a guy because he's threatening fans on Twitter from the locker room five minutes after a loss. Earlier this week, they have to release Antonio Callaway because he's facing another drug suspension. And now, a a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year, one of the Browns' best players, likely going to be suspended the rest of the season for using a helmet as a weapon against Mason Rudolph. Uh, Let's talk about the game itself. Let's talk about the game itself. I've I've ranted on enough about the incident last night between Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph. The game itself, let's call it what it was. It was the worst performance of Mason Rudolph's young NFL career. Mason Rudolph's quarterback rating last night was 36.3. His QBR, which is on a scale of 1 to 100, was 10.8. It was the worst game of Mason Rudolph's young career. I have no problem admitting that. He was bad, made bad throws. They got the ball back down a touchdown with about six minutes left, had a chance to go on a drive to tie the game up, and first play of the drive, he throws a terrible, terrible interception. But I want to put this in perspective for you a little bit because a lot of people – Last night, prior to the incident with Miles Garrett, when that's all anyone could talk about, we're ready to define Mason Rudolph's career based on the worst game he's played on a short week traveling, going on the road on a Thursday night. After, remember, Mason Rudolph led his team to the win on Sunday over the Rams, Mason Rudolph was a huge part of why they won that game on Sunday against the Rams. Short week, traveling on the road to play a divisional game against a desperate 3-6 and six Cleveland Browns team. You've got all that. Oh, not to mention, his running back leaves in the first quarter and is out for the rest of the game. His number one receiver gets knocked out in the first half and is out for the rest of the game. His number two receiver gets ear at the beginning of the third quarter. Yeah, we've all totally forgotten that DeAndre Johnson was bleeding from his ear because of a hit that he took in the third quarter. So Mason Rudolph is now throwing to James Washington and a bunch of guys you've never heard of, and the the Steelers. So first possession of the game, they come out run-run-pass-punt. Everyone knows I am very anti-run-run-pass-punt. I think you're setting your quarterback up to fail when you put him in third and long by going run-run-pass-punt whenever you're running into stacked fronts on first and second down. So they go run, run, pass, punt, first possession. Then they give up a touchdown to Cleveland. So right off the bat, you're down 7 nothing. You're playing catch-up the rest of the game. So the team that decided to run the ball the first two snaps of the game into stacked fronts, putting Mason Rudolph into a third and 10, then decides, once they get down 7 nothing to completely abandon the running game for the rest of the game. 16 rushing attempts Pittsburgh had last night for 58 yards. Mason Rudolph threw it 44 times. It's not the key to success. You were down 7 nothing, after you just run it on your first two plays and you abandon the run game for the rest of the game. I, I couldn't make any sense of it. I've uh, I've rambled on way too long about Steelers and Browns. Uh, it was the worst game of Mason Rudolph's career to this point. But let's, let's pump the brakes on defining what Mason Rudolph is and can be as an NFL quarterback based on his worst performance on a short week without his running back, his two best receivers, uh, you know, against a desperate team on the road. Let's go ahead and not define uh, Mason Rudolph's career by the game that he played last night. All right. Enough on the Mason Rudolph-Miles Garrett-Steelers-Browns situation. We're going to take a break, come back on the other side, and we are diving in to Oklahoma State-Kansas. We'll head over to Twitter, get a couple score predictions. Uh, I'll give my score prediction before we get out of here. We'll talk a little Oklahoma State-Yale as well as that game comes up on Sunday at Gallagher-Iba Arena. Uh, Great podcast on the way for you here on Locked On. Pokes part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. back to Locked On Folks. I'm Colby Powell. Glad you're with me on this uh, Friday as we get ready for, almost forgot what day it was, as we get ready for Oklahoma State and Kansas tomorrow in Stillwater. The Cowgirls hosting South Dakota State tonight at Neil Patterson Stadium. The weather is nice. If you can get out there, you should get out there and support the Oklahoma State Cowgirls soccer team as they uh, start their quest for a championship. This is the beginning of the NCAA tournament. And if you know how the uh, – how the NCAA basketball tournament works, then you know how the NCAA soccer tournament works. It's single elimination, 64 teams. The only difference is the teams get to host. Like Oklahoma State is number three national seed, so they get to host uh, here in round one, maybe in round two. Uh, I'm not sure if they get to host in round two or not. I'll I'll keep you updated on that as I know, but uh, I know that they are hosting tonight at Neil Patterson Stadium in Stillwater. So if you're in Stillwater, head on over there and support the cowgirls in their quest for a national championship already having won the big 12 regular season title all right let's uh, talk a little oklahoma state kansas tomorrow as that game will get underway at 11 o'clock, that's an FS1 game, so no ESPN Plus or anything to worry about. Just flip on over to Fox Fox Sports One and uh, check that one out at 11. Obviously, the big story is Les Miles coming back to town uh, to square off against Oklahoma State. I think that he will have his team ready to go. I, I really do. I would not expect Oklahoma State to come out and get out to a you, you know a quick 21 nothing lead. I think Les Miles' team will be really motivated, uh, and I think that they'll keep. The this game competitive early and then uh oklahoma state's running game probably ends up being too much but but i don't think that this is going to be a you know 51 14 is what they lost to tcu by trying to look here 38 10 to kansas state you know there aren't too many usually every year kansas has a couple of like 58 to 7s not not so much this year they lost to west virginia by five um Let's see, OU beat them 45-20, to 20, which, you know, isn't that bad for Kansas. Uh, Texas beat them 50-48. to 48. They beat Texas Tech 37-34, and then they lost to Kansas State 38-10. to 10. An important thing to note about that game against Kansas State, and that was two weeks ago, Oklahoma State and Kansas both coming off a bye for this game. Uh, Carter Stanley and the Kansas offense were really starting to hit their stride uh, about the time they played Texas. They put up 48 points in that game against Texas. Stanley threw for 310. Against Texas Tech, the next week in Lawrence, a game they won, uh, Carter Stanley threw for 415. And they were really starting to move the ball offensively. And then against Kansas State, Carter Stanley threw a couple picks, and then he went out with a minor knee injury um, and – he did not come back in that game. They lose that game 38-10. to 10. Stanley threw for only 115 yards in that game before he went out with the injury. I don't know if he'll be 100% tomorrow against Oklahoma State, but having the week off has given him some time uh, to get right, and, and we'll see if the Kansas offense is operating closer to what it was a few weeks ago when they hung 48 on Texas and 37 on Texas Tech. <clears throat> Pardon me, I do think this will be a competitive game between Oklahoma State and Kansas. Uh, But you look at what Oklahoma State's going to be able to do on the ground, and I just don't think that there's any way Kansas can keep up. Uh, Kansas is getting torched defensively uh, on the ground. West Virginia is the only team in the last seven games that has not hit the the 200-yard mark against Kansas. West Virginia is the only one. Oh, and by the way, West Virginia in that game ran it for 192 yards and three touchdowns. So uh, Kansas lets everyone run the ball, and now they're facing Chuba Hubbard and Spencer Sanders. Uh, You know, last week, pardon me, two weeks ago prior to the bye, Skylar Thompson ran it for 127 yards. Uh, Kansas State ran it for 342 total and five scores on the ground. I don't see why Oklahoma State shouldn't run for at least that many yards whenever you take Chuba Hubbard and Spencer Sanders and L.D. Brown. You combine all those guys. I mean, this should really be – let's see here. Chuba should get 250. L.D. Brown, let's throw in 75 for him, 100 for Spencer Sanders. What did I just get to there? 425 as a team. Still wouldn't break Samaj P. Ryan's single-game record of 427. He set in Lawrence back in 2014. Uh, And maybe I'm on the low side. Maybe Chuba does go for... 350 400 yards, probably not, just because that doesn't happen very often. But uh, if it were going to, this would be the week with a bad at Kansas rushing defense and one of the elite running backs in the country, in Chuba Hubbard. Uh, I do think Oklahoma State will be able to wear Kansas down. I don't think that this game is going to get totally away from Kansas, though. I, I don't see I don't see 52 to 21 on the way for Oklahoma State. I think Kansas is just a little bit better than they have been. Couple score predictions on Twitter. Andrew Wood uh, tweeted yesterday said that. He thought 52-30, to 30, Oklahoma State over Kansas. Uh, fair enough, 52-30. I, I don't think that that's out of the question. Uh, Ryan, who, who tweets regularly here on Locked on Pokes, sports fanatic, at Ryan underscore the underscore great on Twitter, um, says his score prediction is Oklahoma State 48, Kansas 27. He says Chuba will have 250-plus, and the defense will cause two turnovers. It will be another complete game. Oklahoma State has played well the last couple times out against Iowa State and against TCU, especially on the defensive side of the ball, forcing as many turnovers as they have, especially in the fourth quarter when it matters most. Pardon me. Uh, I'll be interested to see if Colby Harville Peel has another huge day. Amen Ogbong has been great as well. And can Oklahoma State continue to generate the pass rush that they've been able to over the last couple of games that's really made quarterbacks uncomfortable? Because that's been the difference over the past couple of weeks for Oklahoma State. They've been able to make quarterbacks uncomfortable. Remember the Baylor game? Remember the Texas Tech game and how comfortable Jet Duffy and Charlie Brewer looked? I mean, they, they, they just looked like they were hanging out in the pocket. like They were just hanging out with some friends, just kick back, chilling, relaxing. No big deal. I mean, they really looked like they could have stood back there all day. And then against Iowa State and TCU, it's like Brock Purdy, happy feet, happy feet, interception. Max Duggan, happy feet, happy feet. Oh, A-man A- A- Ogbong Bamiga's hitting me in my chest? Let me throw it 40 yards down the field to no one, and Colby Harvey Peel runs underneath it. Hopefully they can continue to generate that kind of pass rush. I uh, talked about The Minnesota-Iowa game yesterday is my upset special of the week. I like Iowa to win that game. I like Iowa to cover. Uh, I just think Minnesota, after the biggest, most emotional win in the program's modern history, it's just hard to replicate that energy two weeks in a row uh, when you're playing against a team like Iowa who just wants to punch you in the mouth. I think it's going to be tough for Minnesota uh, tomorrow against Iowa. Uh, Ryan says, I'm going to go the opposite of you. He says he thinks Minnesota wins by two scores. Okay, all right. Let's see. I, I just think I think we have a tendency to remember the last thing we saw, which from Minnesota was a phenomenal, phenomenal performance against Penn State. I just think that that is so hard to replicate. Uh, good stuff. Take a break, come back. We'll talk a little Oklahoma State. Yale on the other side. Cowboy basketball rolling on 3-0 at this point in the season. Let me remind you about Roman. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and a free two-day shipping. All right, we're going to take a break. This is Locked on Pokes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day Welcome back, wrapping things up here on Locked On Pokes. I'm your host Colby Powell. Find me on Twitter at Colby J Powell at Locked on Pokes, let me know what you think is going to happen this week between Oklahoma State and Kansas, as well as Oklahoma State and Yale on Sunday. Yale, interestingly enough, they come into this game at 2-1. Uh, they dropped their most recent game in overtime to San Francisco at San Francisco. 84-79 uh, was the overtime loss. Their first game was also decided in overtime against Stony Brook. They won that game 74-69, so they're 2-1. and one. Two of those have gone to overtime, and then they beat Oberlin College, which I believe might be an NAIA school, 94-37 to 37 in the second game of the season. Yale, we all know. Uh, every year, you kind of hear about them around tournament time. They're usually an Ivy League team that um, you know finds their way to the tournament and gives somebody a pretty good run in the first round. Last year it was LSU. They nearly beat. Uh, I believe they lost to them by three, uh, if I'm remembering that right. Uh, Yale comes into the into the game against Oklahoma State. Paul Atkinson is their leading scorer. That's who to watch out for. He averages 20 points per game, 20 points, six rebounds per game. He is the guy for Yale, and he does it on nearly six. 60% from the floor, uh, highly efficient. He's a 74% free throw shooter. Uh, his three-point percentage, very misleading. He's 75% on the season from three. Uh, what that boils down to is three out of four is what he's hit this season from three. So Paul Atkinson is the guy to watch. But, uh, I mean, Yale rotates a bunch of guys in. They've got 12 guys averaging double-digit minutes per game compared to Oklahoma State having just nine guys averaging double-digit minutes per game, which is actually more common. I would say there are more teams uh, with – only nine guys averaging double digits in minutes than there are with 12. 12 is just a lot. So they'll, they'll be rotating a lot of guys in, throwing a lot of guys at Oklahoma State. Uh, I would expect a big day from Oklahoma State on Sunday. I don't think they're going to run away and leave Yale. I think it'll be a pretty good game most of the way. Uh, we saw the game against College of Charleston the other night. It's not like Oklahoma State ran away and hid from College of Charleston. That game was tied at 30 at halftime. Oklahoma State trailed late in the first half of that game. It, it could have had a very different outcome if Thomas Dezagua does not get just ridiculously, ridiculously hot. Um late in that first half and and on into the second half. So uh, I think Oklahoma State wins this game probably by double digits. Hopefully it's a good crowd on Sunday. Uh, Supposed to be another nice day. What time is the uh, the tip to that game? I'm pretty sure it's an ESPN Plus game. It is. It's 1.30 on ESPN Plus. So uh, just make a weekend out of it. Head up to Stillwater. Go to Neil Patterson Stadium tonight. Watch the Cowgirls go to Boone Pickens Stadium tomorrow and watch Oklahoma State, Kansas, and then go to Gallaghera Arena on Sunday. 1.30 is the tip time for that game on ESPN+. Uh, all right, quickly before we get out of here, uh, I saw some, some great stuff yesterday about Oklahoma State's wrestling program that I wanted to pass along to you. This is from Seth Duckworth on Twitter talking about Oklahoma State's recruiting for the 2020 class uh, in wrestling. Oklahoma State signed... The number one, number two, number 11, number 20, number 28, number 78, and number 162 ranked recruits in the 2020 class. In 2021, they have commitments from the number four and number 43 prospects in the country. And uh, the brother of the recruiting co- coordinator for Oklahoma State is ranked number six in the 2021 class. And, and the number seven ranked prospect for 2022 is a 2020 signees brother. So Oklahoma state wrestling moving in a very good direction. Hopefully John Smith will be able to bring a national title back to Oklahoma state wrestling, uh, something that's long overdue. And I know Oklahoma state fans would thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy. All right. It's time for my score prediction tomorrow for Oklahoma state and Kansas line on this game has been 17 pretty much all week. Uh, I haven't checked it today. Uh, I would say that that's probably still about where it sits. Um, It feels about right. I I don't feel good about either side of it. You know, if you bet Oklahoma State minus the 17, I think you're sitting there, you know, even if they're up 41 20 at the end of the game, uh, I think you're really kind of holding your breath that Kansas doesn't go down and score and cut it inside that 17 mark. I think I'm going to go, yeah, still sitting at, uh, no, pardon me. It's 17.5 now, Oklahoma State. So it's moved slightly that direction. Over under in this game is 68. Um, I've actually got it going. Just over that, with my score prediction, I'm going 41-30 Oklahoma State. I think that they will be able to take down Kansas, but I don't think it's going to be a drubbing of Kansas. Kansas is better than they've been – recently uh, and I think that they will put up a fight against Oklahoma State so 41 to 30 I've got Oklahoma State taking down the fighting less miles is tomorrow in Stillwater everyone enjoy the game have a great weekend enjoy all of the Oklahoma State athletics that are coming up this weekend and we will break it all down right here on Monday make sure you follow me on Twitter at Colby J Powell at Locked on Pokes and subscribe and rate this podcast thanks for listening to another episode of Locked on Pokes part of the Locked on Podcast Network your team every day